Hey everybody, this is Eric from EFP. This is the Phylactery Session 2 post-show. Uh, it is Monday afternoon, recording it today. Yesterday was long, man. Like, Kelly came in at noon. I had meetings before that. We went over her character. We started at 2, and then Ian showed up at 3 o'clock. He's been on vacation out of the country. I didn't know if he's going to be able to join us because of his um, starting college again and all this stuff. So that was awesome to see him. He ended up making a, I think it's Eldrin. Eldrin Druid, they're from the Feywild, uh, so we had to figure out how Druids work in the world, which has been pretty entertaining. Uh, we've decided that they are the ones who make sure the magics that tear up the world, at least his circle, he's, I think he's circle the Dreamer, uh, the ones that tear up the world, they kind of come back through and replace it. He's been taken from the Feywild and transplanted here to kind of tend to things and to make sure it doesn't just fall apart. Imagine if Earth had that, if we had Druids that could just fix shit. Anyway... So that that's kind of the beginning of yesterday. Um, yeah, dude, what a crazy session. Kelly ended up spying on the group. We've decided that she was there for other reasons, which I'm not going to say on air in case the group is listening to the show. But she was there for other reasons. Uh, she was in the Watcher's Cave, which is where the Brass Dragon lives and his Dwarven protectors and gatherers are there. Um, I think I talked about the... Yeah, I talked about the dwarves yesterday. There are these bronze fan-bearded creatures. So she was there spying, um, and Ian had Ian's character had seen all the damage that happened here, and his character, which I did not know to start, I don't even know if he did, um, their powers and who they are changed the seasons. So they physically changed, and since the seasons right now are rapidly changing, you know, a couple times a day, it is causing some severe issues for him, so he's trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And being a circle, you know, from the Feywild, he's here to to kind of hopefully fix the problem. So he was in there, and let me tell you, stalking people when you have the ability to turn into the animals of the area, shit ton easier. Druids in 5e are fucking amazing. Um, I think he turned into a crab and a snake uh, numerous times. He was tracking that way. He has ability to walk through hills and forests um, with like a plus 10 to his stealth check. And, oh yeah, so I put my new concept into practice. I know a lot of the people who listen to the show and play tabletop games have played D&D or Pathfinder or whatever, but the idea of either move silently, hide in shadows, or sneak, or stealth, depending on the game you're playing in, always sucks shit. It's so cumbersome. And the best thing we've seen over the years is when they put in passive perception, the ability just to watch those people. And that only solved half the problem. So now to make it simple, um, I've done passive stealth. And it's the idea that people who are stealthy or naturally quiet walk that way. Um, and it's 10 plus your stealth bonuses, right? And if you have a advantage, I think advantages are plus five to your roll. But for passive, it's perfect. So unless they're doing something to actively harm, steal, interact with, something along those lines, they're just stalking and following. There's no reason. Yeah, they just do their passive perception versus that person's passive stealth. And if they're being seen, uh, that person, you know, unless they've been seen or heard, that means that now it becomes a roll-off. Do they actually see them? Do they actually have the ability to catch them or stop them in the act of being sneaky? Dude, it worked amazingly because Ian's character and Kelly's character are both kind of stealthy and and they they were using this amazingly.
Okay, so I grabbed my note card. Uh, so Iris, which is Kelly's character, has got a passive stealth of 15, and Korth, and I know it's like Korth, Korth Aeon, Korth Aeon. I'm going to pronounce it right eventually, I promise you, and I'll get it. Um, he's at 11 or 21 with a spell. I, I said if he's small and able to follow them, or if they've stopped and he turns into an animal, I'll give him that advantage bonus of plus 5 to his passive. So he's stalking the crowd. He's stalking the party, and these people are both trying to help the party because they want to know what's going on. One is looking into things that happened down there in uh, the Watcher's Cave. He's trying to figure out what's going on with the seasons, and they're all making their way back to High Cloud Spire, which is where the teleportation circle is, to get back. Well, holy crap, things yesterday did not go the way that I had planned, and that's why I do plot webs. Um, actually, I didn't expect either one of them to do that, so let's let's get into what happened. So, uh, I'd say the first three quarters of yesterday's session took place within the Watcher's Caves, with literally uh, Iris, Kelly's character, stalking the party and listening in on everything they're doing, because first off, she was surprised to see dwarfs there because they didn't know that was going on, and she's there doing her own thing for the Court of Bone. But she didn't expect to see other humans there. She didn't know that was happening directly. She just knew that they were coming. Um, they, she had an exit strategy set up in advance that someone either in the criminal organization or someone within the courts set up a teleportation circle. Remember, the party is having people come in two days if they haven't left. So those people are going to be there by the time they get back, because I think two days have passed. They stayed overnight. They talked. Um, let's see, the first day they traveled from cloud, High Cloud Spire, that was like eight hours up. Then they went, figured out the towers, stayed the night there, so that was one night. Went downstairs into the Watcher's Cave, figured out what was going on here, and then stayed another night. So that's two days. So now these people have some reinforcements coming if they're not back by the end of the day. So they gathered up the people. They finally got to talk to the guys who were brought down or made their way down from um, Talon's Rise. And these three mages that made it, two of them are marked heavily uh, from the gargoyle fight. And then the other one is not, but he's resting in and recuperating. Well, let me say that that, that guy, his name is Bellum, had the worst day. He is in a hospital, laying on a bed. Um, the three of them come in and talk to him. are really nice. The th and by the three, I mean the three from the first session. So that's, that's Andy's character, Malachi. Um, Callan and Calder all showed up and started questioning like, hey, what happened? How did things go? They found out some basics. Now, this is a little bit of the naivety of the system. They decided really, really use insight. They're like, all right, we'll take his word for it. Uh, we'll talk about it. And then they were outside talking. They left the room, talked for a couple minutes. Guy goes to lay back down. And then the, I think he was a snake at the time, in the room or a crab in the room, which is Ian's character, morphs into his normal shape and starts questioning him. The guy doesn't want to tell him anything, so he puts his hilt on the sword and questions him a little more intensely, but doesn't threaten him of anything, and he finds out kind of more that's going on with the story, which is that he believes that the things that are going on are extra planar. Um, they don't think it has anything to do with the tower. We don't know who the gargoyles, where they're coming from. We just know that that big guy who's crushing everything, or whatever this invisible creature is, um, the no, knock the tower down last session and the invisible creature that's kind of caused the mudslides. All they ever see of him is limbs coming through portals. And the only time they saw him is when his hand went through the walls because they were covered in mud. Otherwise, they wouldn't have seen him. They don't. They think it's from another plane. So he, he got that out of him. And he leaves, turns back into a snake and leaves. Well, that was all great. 
And then Kelly puts an illusion, which is Iris. Uh, she's the court of the bone. Uh, eventually, just have the character's name. I'm just kind of get you guys related. She puts an illusion in the room of a shadowy gargoyle. Puts an illusion in the room of a, a gar like a Terran primordial voice. And then she slides to the window, puts her scimitar to the guy's neck, and like digs in and questions him. Now, I'm not gonna say everything she found out, but I can tell you it's more than the other party did. And a lot of it was not related to the things going on. There were things specifically to her court and her mission as a spy. Awesome. So I was like, all right, so she's probably going to meet up with these guys now, right? She's like, nope. I'm going to stay stealth and I'm going to follow them. And I'm going to follow them all the way back to High Spire, uh, High Cloud Spire. And then I'm going to make it look like I'm one of the group that came in because I've already set up that I'm on that list. I'm just here in advance and no one knows it. I was like, okay, that's pretty genius. I'm like, Ian, what are you going to do? What's Korth going to do? He's like, oh. Well, I'll just turn into a snake and get inside the medical bag and ride it up the lift to them, the talons rise, and then make my way out as they're doing their things. I'm like, oh, my God. Again, the druid power is amazing. So they do that, and they make through up the high rise. They uh, they take the two injured people, lock them away in there with food and water, um, and they're going to bring people here to go pick them up later, but he didn't want to bring two marked people with them. Locked them in a room in one of the towers that were not collapsed. Risky, but you can tell Bellum doesn't really want a lot to do with this. And then they start making their way down the mountain. It's like an eight-hour trip down to High Cloud Spire. And Iris and Korth are just following them using the paths of stealth rules I made. Working amazingly. So let me tell you what happened when they were going down the mountain. So the party starts making their way down the mountain. They have Vortex, which is the guy who was in the towers when they first got there he's been marked a few times pretty gargoyle but only loses control after he basically rests and comes back sometimes he loses it hasn't happened yet bellum who is uh, bellum stannon he's one of the court of the eye he worked in talon's rise as one of the diviners that watched through the magical seasonal changes and the things that were happening in the world they're making their way down the mountain they hear a bunch of noise and Kelly's character, Iris, and from now on I'll just call her Iris, stealth ahead of them and found a group of four gargoyles um, digging into a boulder. And from the first session, it's the same boulder that rolled down at his signpost. And they're digging and pulling stone out of it. And no one really knows why or what's going on. Uh, she's watching, but she doesn't want to, to reveal herself. And then Ian's care and oh yeah, and Kelly's character, again, Iris, has the, uh, the uh, wondrous item, which is a, the owl familiar, but we made it a, a bone bat necklace that she wears. And it's following the party, so she knows what's going on there. And Korth, the druid, is on the other side of the trail. They haven't even seen each other yet, because they're too far away. Um, and he's on the other side of the trail, and he sees the cargo. I was like, oh man, this is bad. I don't know what I'm going to do with this. The party hears him once, and he uses his spell and gets his... Huge bonus, like plus 10, so they lose him. So they're like, oh, it must have been something in the woods, you know, no big deal. Well, then the the major part of the party that doesn't know about the two stealth characters makes their way down the hill, and they see the gargoyles, and they're like, well, shit. We go around them, we lose a day, people show up, they're going to start looking for us, it'll be bad. The paladin is like, screw it, let's just go. And the guy who's the captain... <laughs> of of part of the army it's like I'm with you let's just take care of it and they start blasting away at these gargoyles and it takes a while if people notice well from the shadows 
Spirits is casting like Chill Touch, which by the way, you don't have to touch anymore. Holding people and, and holding one of the gargoyles. The fucking druid comes out of the forest as an ape. Because he's from the Feywild. He's like, I think I've probably seen one. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. He turns in an ape, comes dashing through and pounding on one of the gargoyles. Well, Vortax loses it when he sees the gargoyles attacking. Because he's having memories of being in the tower and then being attacked and him being marked. And he just goes in. I think he, as an NPC, is going to end up being two levels of wizard and a level of barbarian. I think this this part of him is the beginning of a barbarian. I think Frenzy Berserker and Caster would be kind of cool. I know you can't cast while you're in it, but it's story. It's an NPC. So he starts tearing into him. So one gargoyle flies off. Um, Kelly, just before that started, or Eurus, just before that started, used a a sound to project and make one of the gargoyles leave. They finally beat all these down to the last two. They knock one down, and Vortex is getting ready to kill that one, and they want it for questioning. Well, he's going to kill it. I didn't know how sleep works now. There's no save. So Calder, for the, the warlock, puts sleep, tells everyone to back away, and the Vortex holding it down, and they back away, and the ape kind of backs away, and they don't know who the fuck the ape is. He just came out of the forest and is attacking. They're not going to say anything about it. It's an ape, and it's helping. Well, the ape runs off when that happens and when he tells him to flee. And he casts sleep and puts them both to sleep. They tie them both up. Vortex, uh, for, Vortsax comes out. He's fine. He's like, I'm, I'm normal. They untie him. And they now have a gargoyle captured that has a robon or part of a robon that has the core of the eye. And they've realized they've captured one of the original members. So they're bringing that back. They tie a rope around it. They're dragging it. And <laughs> Malachi, the paladin's like, hey, Bellum, can you... Can you scry and find out what the fuck's going on here? So he puts up his crystal ball on the floating table and doesn't. I roll a natural one to scry and things causing this. And I, I predetermined, because this guy is dealing with the towers, the, the bad guy that they don't know about. Um, he's obviously ready for scries. He's dealing with diviners. So it lashes back, melts his eyes out of his head. So that happened. And he's blind now. I think it's just a blindness spell is what it is. The best way to get rid of a diviner, you know, unless you're a really good one. And so now they're making their way to, to High Cloud Spire with a gargoyle, a marked person, and Bellum missing his eyes. Going to get crazy next session. I'm super excited. What did I learn? Well, uh, I learned a few things. Um, I don't know 5e. I mean, I know it, but God, things are different. Um, druids are amazing. Their shape change building is really good. What used to be touch spells apparently don't have to be now, or at least some of them, which is also pretty awesome as a caster. Warlocks do a lot of damage. Um, the idea of these marked creatures is going to become something pretty awesome for me to play with. I may have one of my new favorite NPCs. And then on top of those things, uh, I learned that um, my party's really into this so far, and, and Ian's going to be able to play, which is great. Uh, we have a diverse party. Uh, most everyone but... Uh, everyone but uh, Korth is part of the courts. He's a circle member instead. And they're getting ready to get into the first really big fight. I let them test their powers out against a few gargoyles. And these things hit hard. They got lucky. They scared him away. There was, oh, I didn't say that. A horn made a noise. And the gargoyles that weren't asleep, that one, all flew away without getting killed. And then they realized that they were all part of the court of the eye. I forgot to mention that at the end. but So that happened. And I learned that... Um, I, I'm going to have to figure out how a gargoyle interacts with people, which I'm pretty excited to do a voice for. 
in a game I was playing with Brian Berg for TPK Games, I was playtesting his world. I actually got to play a gargoyle. They're a playable race in his game. Um, I guess they're going to be in mine too, actually. Um, and I, I have a pretty good gargoyle voice that I'm going to be doing for it. So I'm really excited. And there is a good chance that this fight coming up may... I, I might pull out a bunch of maps and miniatures. I don't have a lot of gargoyle minis, but... Um, I would like, I think, to do some miniature combat. I think for big epic battles, maybe for 5e, it might be worth it. So, that's where I'm at with things. Uh, that's kind of how I want things to go. I'm really excited to see where everything is. And you can you can probably follow a little bit more with it um, on my normal podcast. I talk on, usually right now on Thursdays, my regular podcast comes out. I kind of gather my notes through the, during my work week. And that one is about a little more formatted. This is just off the cuff what happened pre and post so that one's a little more about things last week i did one about monster creation really enjoyed that but i have a reoccurring dream i'm going to be creating a monster here pretty soon for sorry players um and if you're not following me on social media you can find me at eric Frankhouse or eric Frankhouse presents i'm all over instagram my patreon has a new adventure coming out this month for plotted adventures and I'm going to be changing up my Patreon here pretty soon to where I'll still be doing plotted adventures, but I'm also going to be releasing campaign settings um, and just creative stuff that I do because I realize that if I do one thing, I get really, really bored. So I'm excited to be doing that on my Patreon, kind of a little more freeing. That's going to start in February. Um, and if you have any questions, call in the show if you're using Anchor, man. Call in. I'll answer them. As a GM has been doing this for a long time and, and being a three-time Iron GM champ, I, I love helping players and GMs come to new ways of doing things. So if I can help you, call in. So that's it for me today, everybody. Go grab a beer, roll some dice, play some games, and uh, I'm going to go to Sugar Maple for Metal Mondays, I think. Have a good day, guys, and enjoy gaming.